From the offices of Backtrack Vintage, this is Not Better Different, a podcast for people who are looking to start, grow, or expand their business, side hustle, or their crazy idea that they've always wanted to launch. Each episode is packed with practical tips that you can actually use, and you're going to hear from amazing minority and women-owned entrepreneurs as they share their journey, and they remind us that you don't have to be better than the next business, but you do need to be different. What's up, people? I'm your host, Eric Brown Jr., and this is the very first episode of Not Better Different. And if you're tuned in, listen, thank you so, so, so much. Today's episode is all about starting your business, and it's definitely the number one question that comes up when I'm talking to people at events or conferences. They want to know when they should officially start their business, and more importantly, they want to know how. So there's a few things that you got to think about when you're trying to get your business off of the ground, and the first would be figuring out what your business actually is what it is that you're selling, and how you're actually going to put some money into your pocket. So for the sake of this episode, I'll give you guys examples from the industry that I'm in, and that's vintage fashion. But what I'm going to talk about today can be applied to like tons of businesses. So no matter what your your industry is, or your niche market is, or just again, going back to a crazy idea that you might have, all these tips that we're going to give you today, you can apply to the specific area of, you know, interest that you have. So Before I started, I spent so much time doing research, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people overlook. They go, I got this idea, I have this thing that I want to do, and they're just like, cool, let me do it. And without having any prior knowledge of the field, of the industry, of the market, they just kind of go in head first. And for some people, that definitely works. But for me, I know that if I'm gonna do anything, I wanna put my best foot forward. I wanna give it the best opportunity to succeed. And I know that if I can arm myself with knowledge and information before I even decide to to do something, then I've already given myself a little bit of a leg up on the competition. So you gotta do some research. So for the sake of you know my business, I knew that I wanted to open up a vintage shop of some sort after I finished up college. And I knew that I, it was gonna be somewhere here where I live in San Diego. So I spent tons and tons of hours, not only researching vintage business and, you know, vintage, the vintage industry online, but I was also doing the research on what it looked like to research that specific field within my area. So that means I got out of my apartment, I actually hopped in the car and I went to every single vintage shop in the city. I just Google like vintage shop in San Diego. And I was just like, cool, their hours are open. I'm going to go. I don't care what it is. I don't care whether they sell men's clothes, women's clothes, kids clothes. I'm going to go. So I literally, I would hop into the car on, you know, an afternoon. I knew that they for sure be open and I would just go and I would just shop those stores. I would look at how they have things laid out i would look at how they had the racks organized i would think about how the the place looked the the color scheme the branding one important thing when it comes to the vintage um, game or the vintage world in general is the smell smell is such a strong um memory sense that like when you smell something you know that you can pinpoint like a smell from your childhood and it instantly takes you back to that moment in time and that's the same thing with the vintage shop and because you're selling 
secondhand clothes, a lot of times, if the place smells like a thrift store, it's really hard for the consumer or the customer to justify spending 60, 70, 80, sometimes $100 on some of these more rare pieces. It's hard for them to justify that if the place smells like a thrift store that sells $4 t-shirts. So I took into consideration everything, even the way um, the stores smelled. I, I went to swap meets, I went to flea markets, I went to indoor warehouses, um, but really I focused my time on vintage boutiques because there was a handful of shops that were within the city that had been around for years and I would probably consider the, the, the vintage that I sell more um, more on the sports, pop culture uh, niche market and we're particularly, we're more marketed towards men, but as we've been in business longer and longer, we found out that, you know, actually a lot of women shop us more than their men or more than men or they actually they're buying stuff that not only they can wear but their boyfriend can wear too so it's actually really really interesting but um so i looked at the market within my area locally i looked at the things that i liked i looked at um the names of those stores i looked at the branding of those stores and i decided to keep notes and and so whether you're somebody who likes to take notes in person with a piece of paper or a pen. Um, me, I'm a I'm a notes app on my iPhone kind of guy. So I just open that up and I'd write down the things that I really, really liked. And I'd also write down the things that I didn't like. So again, going back to doing the research, especially if your thoughts and your ideas are actually to have a brick and mortar, you know, storefront, an actual shop. And so again, going back to whatever it is your industry is, whether you're selling vintage clothes like me or whether you're selling car tires, you should do some research. Figure out which one of the most successful businesses in, in your area that are within that field and figure out what they're doing. And if you can, just go make friends, be nice to people, put yourself out there, introduce yourself. It can never hurt. I don't know how many times as I was shopping through, you know, one of these vintage boutiques and I would get approached by it had to be, you know, the owner or at least a manager. And they're talking to me and they're like, hey, do you need help finding anything? I'm like, oh, no, man, you know, your, your shop is so cool or that thing on the wall is so cool. I'm thinking about opening up a shop down the road and, you know, I just love this space. And you never know. like That might be the owner and, and then you end up having a conversation, you end up talking and then you have a relationship down the road where they can really provide you some really, really helpful insight to things around the city, things about your business. And so I think... Again, doing your research before you're, you're, you're diving headfirst into your business is super, super, super important. And so once you've done your research and you've figured out you know, your market, what, what's it going to be and what you're going to actually sell, um, you got to figure out what it is that's going to make you different than everybody else. Again, going back to the whole point of this podcast, you know, I said last year at, at a conference up in Seattle, you don't need to be better than the next business, but you do need to be different. And when I said that, it, it kind of just really, really stuck with me and it hit home with, with, with me. So many people, um, they kind of, they want to get out of the rat race or they want to work for themselves or they want to turn their side hustle into their main hustle. And that's amazing. I am so for people taking control, working for themselves, starting something brand new, something that's going to keep them busy and again, make money to help support their life or their lifestyle or their family or what have you. But I feel so many people fall short or they, they come up a little bit short because they kind of phone in the process of actually launching a business that people are going to remember and a, a business to, quite frankly, that's going to make money. So there's 
tons and tons of businesses, no matter what your industry is, I can guarantee you that there's thousands of competitors, there's tons and tons of competition. So you gotta figure out what it is that's going to make you different. And when I sat with you know myself and my thoughts of figuring out what it was um, that was gonna set me apart, I knew I wanted to have premium pieces in my shop. I knew I didn't want to sell anything that had holes or rips or tears or anything like that. I knew that the pieces that I sold, I wanted them to be really, really good quality. I knew I didn't want them to smell or be gross or off-putting to, to my customer. Um, I knew that I wanted our presentation of our items, whether they were shopped with us in store or they were getting it from us online. I wanted that to be an amazing experience for the potential customer. Um, and I knew that I wanted to, to be different and stand out. And an idea that I had been toying with for a long time was actually having my shop on wheels. And it kind of came about as you know my second option because when I first decided that I was gonna launch a business, all I could think about was actually having a physical retail location that I could go through and go to open up Monday through Sunday have my hours set, set the boutique up the way I wanted to, and kill it, start making some money. I found it so hard to try to find find an actual retail space um, before I had even launched my business, finding a landlord that was going to give me the go-ahead to, to put this business. And at the time, I was frustrated, but looking back on it now, I completely understand what, what landlord in their right mind is going to be like, Hey, random kid who wants to start this business, sure, you can have this space for whatever it is going to be a month. And no, don't worry about showing me that you've got sales. Oh, the business hasn't even started yet. You haven't even sold anything yet. You know what? Sure. Here, sign this lease. And so looking back on it again, I completely understand. In the moment, I was upset. And I felt like the world was just telling me no because I had went to like six or seven different places. I looked at a bunch of different properties and I just kept hearing no, 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 no. And I was so frustrated. And because I had been doing my research, going back to doing the research, I was in a couple of boutique groups or small business groups on Facebook. And one of those groups that I was in was um, uh, it was a, it was a group specifically for uh, boutiques um, or like fashion trucks, stores on wheels. And I said, you know what? I'm looking around this space and I really only see um, women who are selling clothes that are new, women who are selling things, um, whether it be like, I don't know, LuLaRoe or like leggings, workout gear or, or whatever it may be. And, and that's fine. But I said, man, I, one, I don't see any dudes doing this. I don't see any guys who have, you know, uh, a business on wheels. But more importantly, I didn't see anybody selling vintage out of a mobile setup. And I said, man, this could be really, really interesting. So... After I ended up getting my like my, my seventh and final no, I said, you know what? Let me just hop on Craigslist, on OfferUp, on eBay, and, and just see if I get lucky. Sure enough, I ended up finding a school bus um, that was about 50 minutes away up north from San Diego in Ramona. And I just drove up to this property, and the bus turned out to be a win. I took a gamble on it, and I got the bus back down to San Diego, and I knew that that was going to be what was going to make me different than everybody else. Because in San Diego, there had already been a bunch of people to do what I do within the city. However, there was one, 
there was very, very few uh, black business owners within that space, but there was absolutely nobody in that space who was selling you know, vintage uh, T-shirts and hats out of out of a store that was on wheels. And so I said, that's what's going to make me different. My, I may be brand new. I may not have the experience and the reputation that a lot of these other guys have yet, but this bus is going to make me different. And I know that if I do it right, and I know that if I, you know, great customer service, my, our branding is on point, you just have an awesome time within the bus. I knew it's going to be buzzed about. I knew people are going to talk about it. And um, lucky enough, that's exactly what happened. Uh, we ended up launching the business back um, on like the second to last day in April. I think it was like April 29th of 2019. And a good friend of mine, Steven, he owns a boutique here in San Diego called Vintage Threads and Grails. It's right right up on the water, like prime real estate for San Diego um, down here in Pacific Beach. And he was holding these outdoor markets in his back parking lot every every few you know few months and i had sold at the event before just to kind of get my feet wet at, at selling vintage and kind of getting you know the hang of you know just the business in and of itself and lucky enough he was very very gracious to me and, and i told him i said hey man i got this school bus that i'm turning into my store and i just remember him kind of looking at me like okay and, and i said you know would it be cool if i brought the bus to your event and um he was nice enough to just say, yeah, and he took a chance on me. He took a chance on the bus. We brought the bus there, and honestly, it, it was far better than I could ever expect it. And, and we also, at the same time, we, we ended up just timing was amazing. We ended up getting put in a couple of local magazines at the time um, before the bus had even launched. And so so just I think the, the press that we got from launching the business inside of this school bus um, really helped kind of catapult the business into uh, where it is today. And we got a long way to go when we're, when we we're like two, like a year and a half in. Um, but honestly, it's been so fun being able to do this. But one of the most things, one of the most fun things about this business in general is that, um, you know, I had a blank slate and coming into like the second thing that I want to talk about when it comes to your business, after you've figured out what it is that you're going to do and you've figured out what's going to put you, um, you know, a step ahead or make you different than the next businesses, you got to brand this thing, right? Branding is so important when it comes to um, business in general, or just even starting and launching a new brand. And what's tough is that it's hard sometimes for people to understand um, spending money on branding because branding isn't necessarily going to make you any money um, immediately. I like to think about branding is that you're you're putting money up in the in the beginning to receive and reap those benefits down the road, and that may be two, three, four, five years down the road. Um, because if you want to do it right, you should definitely hire somebody. Um, Lucky for me, I, I studied graphic design um, all throughout high school, and I even went to college before I, I joined the Navy, and that was my major, was visual communication design at Kent State University. And so I had kind of cut my teeth at Photoshop and Illustrator and doing some design work before, but even myself, even, even I knew that I wasn't where I needed to be, and I wanted to task it out to somebody. And so I found a great designer, goes by the name of Mumptown, he's all the way over in uh, in the UK, and... Um, I I commissioned him to do some some work for us for the brand. So he turned the school bus into this dope character. Uh, he's like like he's like a cartoon and he's smiling and just I love it so much because when you see 
the school bus logo, you just, I feel like you get happy. And that's what I wanted it to do. When you saw the bus on the road or you were shopping on the bus, I wanted you to be happy. And um, so got the name. I spent some some money on getting um, the branding done. And I knew that even um, when you shopped with us or you ordered something with us from online, I even wanted that to be branded too. So that means going through and sticking the brand on your mailer, sticking it on any collateral card, sticking it on stickers. People love stickers to this day. And the reason why that's important is, you know, we live in a day and age where people are so visual and brands are so visual and right there in your face all the time as you're scrolling through, um, you know, Instagram. And when you think about the brands that stand out, you know, just off the top of your head, when you think of the Nikes and the Apples of the world is you, you, you see that swoosh everywhere. You see Just Do It everywhere. You see the Apple logo everywhere. It's on the back of phones. It's on the laptops. It's on, you know, um, iPods. Well, if you still have an iPod laying around, um, it's on the iMacs. It's on everything. Apple TV. It's on every single thing that they put out. That Apple logo is there. And the same thing with Nikes. It's hard to find a Nike item that doesn't have a swoosh somewhere on it. And that's because subconsciously it's always communicating the brand and so I knew that when we sent something in the mail to somebody whether they shop with us online I knew that when they opened it there has to be something that lets them know that this is from Backtrack otherwise this could be just from some other random seller on eBay, Etsy, Depop, whatever it may be I knew that our brand name had to be on it so it's actually a policy for us Uh, something will not go out in the mail Um, it will not go out to a customer unless it has it's either in a branded poly mailer or it actually has a two three four stickers that actually have the logo in the branding on it somewhere so um it's a must and you know we've never spent a single dollar on um, instagram advertising or facebook ads and not to say that any of that's wrong please i think the people that have figured out how to use those and make those work for them are amazing we just haven't done that we've been really really blessed to to have dope packaging and when people get that from us in the mail they're throwing it on their story they're posting about it they're sending us a dm they're again they're doing the work for us because we've made the product that we've sent them something to actually be postable and so you you really won't see us send anything in a blank mailer um if 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 it is blank it's because it's a it's a large one because maybe they ordered a hoodie or some jeans or something like that. And um, even that's going to get an actual backtrack sticker slapped on on it. So that way they know. So whether you sell sunglasses or you sell candles, uh, I would say spend some money branding it right and spend some some good money on packaging it right. Because that's really all you have when you're starting out. The thing that's going to set you apart when you're first starting out is what makes you different. And if it's something just as small as a custom rubber stamp box for your candles, then I think it's worth the few cents to actually make that happen. So you figured out what it is that you're going to be doing. You figured out the business, the industry that you're going to be in. You spent some good time researching and figuring out what you're going to do from a branding standpoint. That when people see your brand, they recognize it, and it's something that's catchy, and it's something that um, is is easy to easy to remember, easy to tell somebody about. Now we got to figure out how we're getting that product to people. And honestly, we could do a, a whole episode on just how to sell your items, um, but we'll try to keep this one relatively short. And so. Again, going back to just talking about me, we sell um, in-person at events. Um, 
at, at pop-up shops. We we are living in a um, in a COVID nineteen world, and so we really have put a halt on our actual in person live selling events that we used to do. Uh, but we're still going strong on the online front, and so we sell in person. We sell online. And the platform that we use um, to sell our items is Shopify. And there's tons out there. Uh, Squarespace has a platform. I think Wix has a platform as well. And, and there's tons tons of other ones. But you got to figure out what's going to be best for you when it comes to selling. And if you are in an industry like me, um, in the vintage you know, fashion world, um, it's becoming easier and easier. And there's more platforms that are available to you now to actually get your product out. You have sites like Depop and Poshmark, Macari and Grailed um, that are all kind of geared toward this secondhand um, used item selling. And they are amazing because they have built this audience within and of itself. And there's a lot of eyeballs that are on listings. And if you're someone who's just starting out, they're a great way to kind of get some initial uh, experience at selling online if you've never done that before. Um, but there are some drawbacks. And so whether you're in fashion or you're in a different industry, um, there's pros and cons to both. Some of the pros to selling on these platforms are, again, there's tons and tons of people, like literally millions of people on these sites, and they're using them every single day. They're looking for items, whatever it may be. And so your your listing has a better chance of being sold and being pushed out to 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 those users who are actually on the apps and they're trying to shop. Um, also, they make it relatively easy for you to kind of you know buy and sell. If you're selling something, you know they you can set it up to where your buyer takes care of everything. You, they they make the purchase of an item. That platform, like take take Depop for example, if you sell something, Depop you know sends you the shipping label. You just print it out, slap it on a bag, and boom, you're good to go. And then it has a feedback rating system um, as well, kind of like a eBay or OfferUp would, where you can rate your transaction so that way people can start to build a reputation as a positive seller or a negative seller. And so uh, again, the the ease of use of those are amazing. But for me, the drawback comes to is when you use a site like a Depop or a, Posh, or a Poshmark or an eBay or Etsy, nine times out of 10, if I bought a sweatshirt, like the sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now, you can't see it, but it's a Nike sweatshirt. And if someone asked me where I got, hey, where'd you get that dope sweatshirt from? Oh man, I got it off of Depop. Like, oh, cool, no way. I'm gonna go to Depop and check that out. See, that's the problem right there. They said that they went to Depop and What's kind of confusing is that Depop, for example, allows you to have your shop within that platform. Let's just say you're like, I, I don't know, silly dude thrift 999 and you're a seller on on Depop. Um, sure, the, the person made the transaction, they bought it through your shop. But more often than not, they don't remember that. They don't know who the person is unless you're some big, you know, well, well-renowned person with a huge following they, they're gonna say i bought it from depop or i bought it off of poshmark or i bought it off etsy and that goes against what we're trying to do when it comes to brand building and brand recognition going back to you know the second point and so the reason why i decided to go with the website was i didn't one i didn't want these platforms to be in control of what i was going to be doing as a seller but two I wanted to be able to retain that brand building opportunity every single chance that we made a sale. Every single time that we make a sale, it's an opportunity for us to positively impact somebody and make them a fan for life. And so 
by using those sites, you're kind of working against yourself because I would hate to make a sale and then for someone to be like, oh yeah, I got that off of Depop. Like, no, you got it from Backtrack. And so I wanted to be able to control that narrative. Also, you know, a lot of these hosting sites have really hefty fees um, when it comes to the percentage that they're taking from you um, every time that you make a sale. And I would be shocked that if you actually ended up doing the math on, you know, what these platforms are taking from you, if you have a really good month, and I'm talking about that you're getting to, you know, thousands of dollars in, in sales, um, you would be spending a ginormous amount of money on just fees that you're giving to that site. And all they did was put your photo out to a bunch of people. So the trade-off for me was that like, man, if I just work hard, I build my email list, I build up our social, I can have that same potential selling power that these that these sites have while at the same time I'll retain that quote unquote uh you know service fee or that service charge that is going out and and they're taking away from my business because as you begin to grow and as your business begins to take off every single dollar adds up and if you're giving 10%, 12%, 13% just to an app it can be really really tough when you begin to grow as a seller and those sites they they own all of the the assets they own those followers they own the shoppers you you don't have anything if you decided that you were going to stop selling on the site they wouldn't care they might send you a reminder down the road and be like hey we miss you come back and sell but you don't get to take those 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 prior customers with you there's no way for you to communicate to them minus just dming them all individually and saying hey i'm switching over to my own site and so Rather than shooting myself in the foot long term, I said, you know what, from the jump, let me go ahead and, and commit to building a website and commit to, to trying to make it better every single month, month after month. And it's been tough. But at the same time, Shopify makes life really, really easy. Uh, I know Squarespace, literally, it's in their marketing. They've got award-winning customer service. And I did use Squarespace for a short period of time, and they're not lying. You call Squarespace, you could talk to a human. They're like the nicest people ever it's like you know when you go to chick-fil-a and like the nicest people ever that's how customer support at squarespace is um and shopify is really really good too i haven't had any issues um but you know i wanted to be able to use a a, a hosting site that had a lot of features so i get a discount for all my shipping labels i get a discount um every time that we ship an order which is nice everything is integrated into one something sells it pulls from my inventory and then it, it, it updates my inventory list on my website and i can update that in real time when we're selling um with events because i have the inventory all loaded into the website so um it really makes it easy for a live live selling if we're at a pop-up shop or at a pop-up event and something that's on the website has sold well i can just literally from my pos system i can just mark that it's sold and it'll actually pull it from the website um and actually so that way i won't double sell something which I definitely have done before in the past. So just like with everything and just like your business, you should research those those sites that are out there for yourself, figure out what's going to work. But I would highly recommend that um, you take the road less traveled and you, you try, just try to start selling um, via your own website first because it's going to allow you to one, learn a, a, a lot about selling online in general, but it's going to allow you to be able to 
retain those customers with email capture and that way you can blast out to them when you're having a sale when you're having a semi-annual sale when you're when you have a new product coming in when you have um, a brand new product launch or collections drop in you have the power you can't really put it out to your followers on like a depop that you're dropping a super dope collection or that um you know stuff is on sale minus when depop decides that they're going to have their sales or poshmark or mercari or whatever it may be so it's definitely something that you should think about so man we figured out what we're going to sell hopefully it's something cool it, it's something different um and then we figured out how to brand it and this can literally take years like you can go through three four five six seven iterations of a brand and what your branding and your marketing looks like um you know, and take your biggest brands, for example, you know, they've gone through logo changes, whether it be Coca-Cola or Pepsi, things change and things grow and they evolve and so should your business. Um, and then we figured out how we're actually going to get that into the hands of people. If you're lucky enough where you live in an area where maybe COVID has kind of died down and you could actually go back to in-person selling and you want to launch your business completely in store, boom, have at it. Just make sure that that experience is as safe for those people as possible. And it's, you know, it's a reason that it gives them a reason that they can actually leave their house and go shop with you. The worst thing is when you're excited to go shop somewhere or a brand new store or a brand new coffee shop or whatever it may be. And you go there and your experience is less than perfect um, because you, you built up all this anticipation about going there. So if you are selling in person, make sure that that experience is amazing. But if you are selling online, consider your options. You can go with a, a hosting site and there's tons of benefits and there's cons to that, too. Or you could go with starting your own website using you know the help of a Shopify or Squarespace, and there's pros and there's cons to both. Um, but I hope maybe the insight that you got today on this podcast is going to um, help you out as you start this journey of starting a business, building a business. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Not Better Different. Listen, I hope you got some value out of this episode. I hope there's some things that you could take away and actually apply to your business or whatever it is you're going to start. Um, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review. It'll really help us out. And if you're on Spotify, just give us a thumbs up, heart the episode, uh, do what you got to do. If you want to follow us on social, we're over on Instagram at notbetter.different. We appreciate every single follow and we appreciate you for listening to this podcast. So I'm Eric, I'm your host, and I'll talk to you next week.